0: Hi, I'm Janie Genosis. Welcome to Reinvention Ready. I am delighted to introduce my amazing guest, Andora Freedom. Andora has been a healer and done yoga and breath work for about 30 years. She founded an award-winning yoga studio, Samadhi Yoga, in Denver in 2002. But when COVID hit in 2020, she literally lost her life's work overnight and hit the darkest and most difficult time of her life. Through her experience with yoga, meditation, and listening to divine source, she is now living her dream life in Portugal and helping others to relocate from the US to this beautiful country. So, Andora, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really excited to have
0: this opportunity to share. I would love for you to talk a little bit about how you arrived at where you are today, helping people in Portugal.
1: Well, for a very long time, I used to have a wonderful uh, healing center, yoga center um, in Denver, Colorado. And I did that for about almost 20 years. And then COVID came along and changed the direction of my life. And I'm not gonna lie, it sucked. It was a really, really hard time in life but I know lots of people have that experience where something happens in their life and whether it's suddenly or something that gives them a little bit more warning and they are in a space where they have the opportunity to have a major shift in their life. So it might be a change in location, it might be a change in career or whatever that shift of focus is in their life. Uh, for me, it was COVID. COVID came in and redirected my life So at that time, I decided that I didn't wanna start over in the United States. I had been wanting to move out of the country for a long time. And I had been researching lots and lots of different areas around the world where it felt like a better fit for me. And so at that time, Portugal, it was very, very clear that Portugal was the place for me. And so um, at that time, it was uh, February of 2022. I went through all the things that I had to do to move my life over here to Portugal. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Exactly
0: what you're looking for. And and I know that, you know, it's I remember, I mean, you and I have been friends, and you know, I was a yoga teacher at your studio. And and so I, I remember talking with you about this, and it was such a a big and and a very frustrating. I remember it was you you said this is a very difficult process for people. So finding a, a way to help others is is such a wonderful thing to share because i remember you i'm surprised you have hair left in your head with some of the things that you went through ah <laughs> oh, so i am so- too. i'm
1: surprised i have any hair left too <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah. here you are and you have you have found this this beautiful place and um this this beautiful new direction so I think I would love to just kind of move into how did you decide on Portugal? What what were the things that you, you did maybe internally as, you know, you you also do healing work and I know you're a meditator and, you know, how do people make big decisions like this? And what would you share to maybe help people know that they're on the right path?
1: Wow. It was a major process and thank you for all of that. It was a major process. It definitely was um, not easy on any level. Um, Wow, that's a deep question. Um, It was a lot of work on every level. I really had to look at what was it exactly that I wanted in my life as my life. And I got really clear on what those things were. Number one was um, community. I want a very strong sense of community, people who are really there for each other through everything. And beauty, beauty is another thing that is essential for my being to have beauty all around me. And every moment of every day here in Portugal, I have these things. Also simplicity of um, ease of living, That that's what it's more of a That's a better way to say that, ease of living. In the United States, uh, in my experience, things had become really quite challenging. So I wanted to be in a place where things were just easier. And I find that here in Portugal as well too. Um, And so those were some of the things, excuse me, that I was looking for when I was looking for a new place to start over. So that's on the exterior. That's what I was looking for. On the inside, there was a lot of work because when we grow up in a certain place, when we end up building a life in a certain place, a certain country, there's so much going on there that you may not even be aware of. It's just the way things are, the way things happen there, um, from the you know what happens in school to simple things like going to the grocery store and you know, driving, all these things are done in a particular way in different countries. And so there was a lot of work around unplugging, unplugging in all the different areas in the United States, and then being fresh and open and in a whole new receptive space. So that when I went to Portugal, I was in that fresh space, like a clean slate, really. Everything was, um, closed up and clear from the United States and everything was wide open for my life in Portugal. So there were a lot of different levels. There was that physical level of going through and um, kind of um, closing up all the, tying up all the loose ends basically. Mm -hmm. And then on the inside, getting really, really clear. What is it I want? Why do I want that? And what can that look like in my life? And a lot of that was uncertain. I'd never experienced a lot of the things that I really wanted. And so I couldn't really feel that in my body. And I think we know when you're manifesting something in your life, you need to visualize it and you need to, I mean, visualize it as clear as you possibly can on every level. Um, You wanna see it, you wanna hear it, you wanna smell it, but these are things I had never experienced before. And so how do you call in something that you have never experienced before so I did the best that I could to visualize and if I had never experienced something I would maybe I would look at a picture or look at other people that had that in their life and and draw it into my world in those ways and so I spent a lot of time daily um, meditating journaling And continually going over and over and over, solidifying what was it I wanted, what could that look like? And and then also beyond that saying, okay, this is what I'm envisioning. And how can it be even better than that? Universe, Mm -hmm. show me, how can it be better than anything that I could possibly imagine right now? And continually opening and expanding anywhere I found um, myself getting small inside around anything really get clear on that, love myself in that space and then expand, expand, expand. How can it be better? How can I be more receptive? What am I not seeing that I can be, uh, where can I be more aware? Where can I be more accepting and receiving? Where am I blocking that receiving? So there's so much inner work that Mm -hmm. needed to happen for me to open for this new reality to come in. This reality couldn't have happened if I didn't do that work. Wow. I had to become somebody I had never been before in order to have what I had never had. And there was a lot of faith everywhere I would get afraid, everywhere that I would have doubt come up, I would love myself in that space and then I would expand out. How can it be better? How can I be receptive to something I've never had before?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's such a a tremendous gift to be able to do that. And I think that comes from so many years of practicing yoga, practicing healing, practicing, you know, meditation and all of these wonderful tools that we have. And and now here you are, you know, you, you created this, you are probably everybody that I know, one of the best manifestors I've ever met. (laughs) And I, I think about, you know, when you, when you, I mean, back in 2002, you, basically manifested Samadhi, the yoga studio. And it was an incredible, beautiful home for yoga for 20 years. So, you know, we look almost 20 years, I guess. And um, yeah. And so looking back, you know, I mean, here we are, we're, we're we're women of a certain age, (laughs) you're a little bit younger than me, but you know, we're still, we can't really say that we're those, those 20, 30, even 40 somethings anymore. So um, what advice do you wish that you knew when you were in your twenties or thirties and, and, and what do you wish you knew that's could have helped you on your path a little bit more?
1: Well, what my teachers have told me forever and what we always read in the spiritual texts. Everything you need is within you. Everything you need is within you. Um, For the majority of my life, I sought for answers outside of myself, even though I was a big meditator and I did all the spiritual practices. Still, I used those practices and I see a lot of people doing the same thing using those practices, um, I was able to avoid going deep inside and all of those years, I never really trusted my inner guide. I had messages all the time, come up and say, this is the way, this is the way, this is no, 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 no. My mind would say, it can't possibly be that. Well, my inner guide is always right. So I don't know how many years ago I finally decided to start listening to my inner guide, no matter what the outside said, if the outside um, messages coming in were the opposite, it didn't matter. Whatever my inner guide says, I follow it. And it is astounding. You would not believe what my life is today. I mean, you saw me when COVID came in and took the business. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. It was the worst point of my life. And I had no idea how I could possibly ever get through that. I was facing living on the street. I had no family that I could go to. I had no partner. And I was losing everything. To go from that to where I am now is not only one miracle, it's a lot of miracles. The biggest miracle of all is that I finally chose to listen to my inner guide. When we get quiet, it's not just about getting quiet and doing these practices. It's simple. It's about getting quiet and very simply tuning in to source. And when you find that, you recognize it. But the thing is, our cultures typically tell us not to trust that. Ever since infancy, we are taught Don't trust that. Don't trust that. Always trust what's outside of you more than than trusting what's inside of you. We're taught to trust the seen more than we are taught to trust the unseen. Mm -hmm. Unseen is the most powerful. When you can trust in that, when you can surrender to that inside of yourself, everything is possible. Everything is possible. It is astounding where I am today. I... I oftentimes do not even have words to express what has happened over these last few years, because I chose to to give up my old way of being and always looking for the answers outside and just come back home, come back home, come back home, trust, 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 listen, listen, like really, really listen. And that has created a life that is unlike anything i've ever experienced and that is what i want for all young for not just younger people all people right i want all people to know how to to remember to remember how to listen to that small sweet voice inside and the more you listen the louder it comes the easier it is to hear that voice And the more we learn to trust and just
0: follow that, and
1: our whole life can be a miracle.
0: That's wonderful. And that is, that's a skill that I think I know for me personally, I can say that I tend to struggle with knowing if it's the voice, because you said you recognize it, or if it's just my brain, you know, is it just my mind going, oh, this is because I have a very creative mind and it comes up with things and it's not always, like you said, the voice inside, when you're connected to source, it's always right. Yes. But when it's your mind, it's not always right. And so you might be trusting something that isn't your source. How do you differentiate between mind chatter and that deep connection and knowing that it's coming from source rather than from your head?
1: It took a long time to figure that out. Um. What's essential for me is to have a lot of quiet time, a lot of time alone. Um, when I don't have that, it's harder to hear the voice because I, I'm i an introvert, a big time introvert. I mean, I would be, honestly, it sounds nutty, but I would be super happy just spending my life meditating in a cave. I know the cave in India actually, <laughs> um, but that's not my life in this in this lifetime. So I need to have a lot, a lot, a lot of quiet time where maybe I'm meditating. My life has actually turned into much, much more of a meditation. Um, And when I'm in that space, it's much easier for me to sense what is mind and what is, there are different things I call it. Soul is what I like to call it Mm -hmm. um, or higher self, whatever you want to call it. They come from different places and you can feel it in your body, mind, Truly, I feel it in my head, but the messages from, um, source to me, I feel it deeper in my body. I I definitely feel it in my heart and in my gut. It obviously comes up to the mind because that's where we have to translate it. And Mm -hmm. when this information comes in, it's, it's vibration. It's always Mm -hmm. vibration. Mm -hmm. And then it has to come up for me. Maybe it sounds weird, but it comes in through my heart. And my heart is not just here; it's a bigger energy field around my heart. Mm-hmm. It comes in, and then it goes to the brain to be translated into whatever thoughts I need to have here on this plane. Everything in the universe is vibration. So when we mm-hmm. learn to calm ourselves, so that we can decipher the actual vibration of it, you'll you'll notice that there is a different vibration of thinking to this higher vibration that comes in. They're they're different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I for me at least, I need to have a lot of space and a lot of quiet uh, to be able to decipher that.
0: That's good. Does that makes
1: sense. That, yes, <laughs> that,
0: that does make sense. And I I like that you talk about feeling it in your body because I believe also like you that everything is vibration and science is actually prove that everything is vibration. What we think is solid, like this, this computer that I'm talking to you on, you know, if we could take a microscope to it, it's just a million little particles kind of like floating in this, this ether that we don't see because they're so tightly together, you know, that we don't see this, but yeah, it's fascinating to think about listening through your body I think our, our gut we, we talk about it our language says oh I, f- I felt it in my heart or oh I knew in my gut you know it's not usually oh I knew in my brain <laughs> it's it's some other part of the body you know oh I got chills or you know I I, I was breathless and all of these things that happen to us physically are, our bodies I believe are these pointing devices that once we learn how to listen to them we can do so much. It's that learning process, because like you say, we are conditioned when you were talking about Portugal and living in a different place, we're conditioned, not just where we live and what our culture, but our culture conditions us on how we listen. A
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we have to break away sometimes if our culture wasn't the one that's teaching us to, you know, most of us weren't lucky enough to have parents who were into meditation and believed that everything was vibration and told you to sit quietly when you had a problem. Instead, it was, you know, usually a banter back and forth and talking it through, which can also help you. But, you know, I think that that piece is missing, particularly from Western culture.
1: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Most of us never learned that our bodies are these amazing resources. Our bodies have this pure wisdom and they the body knows how to communicate with the universe because it's always communicating on a vibrational level. So for me, it's part of that surrender, surrender in and listen in, listen into the body. What is the body
0: trying to tell you? I so, love it. And, and then the relocation, I, I do want to talk about that. I could talk to you about this, like for, and we should have another conversation probably just about energy and vibration and manifestation, because this is a big passion of mine as well. Um, but I do want to talk about this wonderful program that you have to help people relocate, because it's a big step for people to make that choice. And so I think by talking about listening in the body, we we were talking about how did you make that choice? I think others can maybe do that same thing, get quiet and visualize and watch. You have the best videos out there. You know, I see, I I love like the photos and the. I'm like, oh, I want to go visit you in Portugal because it looks just incredibly beautiful. And, you know, you've, you've posted on Facebook, these, these concerts where they just like pop up and you're, you can go and sit outside at a cafe at night with the moon shining on you and the stars glistening and this amazing music playing. And like, that's just magical. That's, I mean, we have that here in places in the States too, but there's something about when that building is 500 years old, that's behind you and there's like history and energy and, and it just, it just looks like a magical place. So, so tell me a little bit more about about Portugal, about what you love about Portugal. And and then we'll talk about your videos and how people can find out more about you.
1: Okay, Portugal is fabulous. It is absolutely so wonderful. I love it here so much that I just don't ever wanna leave. Um, When I lived in the States, I wanted to travel all the time, just constantly wanted to travel. And here, I just don't even wanna leave. I'm so happy right here it is stunning everywhere I go. Today, actually, I was out and about. I um, I do healing work here at a wonderful little healing center and a, a yoga center. And so walking over there, and it was wonderful. I got to walk in the rain. And some people say, you know, they don't like the rain. Oh, it's beautiful. It was just so soul nourishing. And I'm walking along the way and a friend on Facebook asked me to post you know why am i grateful because i always say how grateful i am and she wants to know particularly specifically why am i so grateful so today i thought it'd be fun to take pictures of all the different things along my path that i'm so grateful for and they were little things like the cobblestones the cobblestones are so beautiful there's they're ancient and i think about oh my goodness the people that built these cobblestone roads and these beautiful stone walls. And it just goes on and on and on. I'm so grateful for the people that did that and the earth for supplying this, these beautiful stones that we get to walk on and the quality of the air and the coffee, the coffee is absolutely delicious.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. There's a reason to move right there. Coffee, yeah,
1: just the coffee, the coffee <laughs> and the pastries. Oh my goodness. Oh, the people, the people are it's, it's shocking. I have never experienced anything like this in my life. The people are so kind and so thoughtful that I remember one time when I first moved here, I stopped a fellow on the road and I asked him for directions. And this is very common. He goes, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just take you there. Yes. He stopped what he was doing and he walked me to where I needed to go. And just to make sure that I got there okay. So things like that happen. I wanted to buy my brothers some new linens um, because he's a single dad and he could use a little help too, hmm. so I went to the market to um, buy him some linens. And when the woman found out that I was buying linens from my brother, who's a single dad, she said, "Okay, well, hold on just a second." She went and she got a couple of big plastic bags, and she just started filling the bags with linens. And I said, hmm. "Oh my God, what are you doing?" And she said, "Well, you're not paying for any of this. Don't you worry. He needs some. He needs some help. We're going to help him." And she gave me about two hundred euros worth of linens from my brother. Wow. And the people are, they are so thoughtful. So I have things like this happen all the time. When I first moved here, one of the most difficult things when you move to a new country is that you can feel very, very alone.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I never felt alone. When we first moved here, we moved to a very small village in the north. It was right on the border of Spain. And I mean, there, there were hardly any people there. There were certainly not that many English speaking people and I never felt alone because all of the villagers, they knew immediately that we were foreigners and they would all be there for us. They were always checking on us and we didn't even speak the same language and they would come and make sure that we were okay. They would give us flowers. They would offer us free food and just the kindness of them always checking in and making sure we were okay. And if we needed anything. I never got that in the States, certainly not from strangers, you know, from a handful of people that knew me for a long time, but never from strangers. And it's a very different level of thoughtfulness and care. It's just Mm -hmm. a part of the community here. And I think that comes from um, the Portuguese have gone through some really, really challenging times. And the way they got through it was because they learned that they needed to be there for each other. And that's how they got through and they thrived. And so it has continued in their culture here to a level that I've never experienced anywhere else on, on, in the world here. And it's just, it's really a really, it's a beautiful thing here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's is so- of
1: the other things I love.
0: That is so cool. <laughs> I wonder too, if that is a, a European, maybe not all parts of Europe, but when when my husband and I were visiting Greece, And we had never been there, but we were on this little island that's literally two miles wide by six miles long. It's not too far from uh, where Onassis's island is. It's just a tiny little, hardly anybody's there, or at least when we were there, that was the case. And they had a payphone, and we were trying to get a hold of his cousin who lived there, and the payphone didn't work. And this little man was walking along, and he was a very elderly man but you know everywhere they walk everywhere in on these little islands and he spoke English amazingly he lived in Australia part of the year I guess and and so he he said we told him who we needed to go see he goes oh come on I'll take you there it was the same thing it was like rather than oh go three blocks this way and two blocks nope he's like come on I'll take you there and then one one on another little island where we were this this little grandma was We were walking by and she just like says, kind of like this, she motions, she must have known we didn't speak Greek or didn't, my husband speaks a little, but, um, and, and she pointed to some plants and we thought she was trying to sell them and she needed help moving them. So my husband figured out what she needed and he helped her lift and move these couple of small plants, you know, wherever she wanted to put them. And, you know, we waved and we're walking up the street and we hear her like yell, you know, to us and we turn around, she has two pomegranates in her hand. And as a thank you, she gives us these, these pomegranates. And it was like, it was just so, so special, you know, and even though we didn't speak the language, uh, we we found that same really inviting, welcoming sense of community, not everywhere, but, you know, definitely in, in some of the places that we went. So, yeah,
1: I think you see more of that in uh, smaller villages, mm-hmm. smaller towns, um, the bigger cities, it's tending, they're still very, very friendly, but it it does tend to shift a little bit there. People just get so busy with -hmm. their lives and they,
0: and they do this and they have their guards up a little bit too, which in, in big cities, I I live in a pretty big city and it's like, I I have to be cautious, you know, I mean, you want to be helpful and trustful to people, but you also have to be, yeah, you know, cautious and make sure that you keep yourself safe. And so again, that's I think when you have to listen to going back to what you said to, you know, when you want to help someone or you if it's a legitimate need, you, you you know, usually in your heart you can feel or something doesn't feel quite right. Maybe call for some police for them or medical or you know, help them in a different way where you where you're safe. But yeah, I love that. I love that about about what I experienced in Europe and so nice that Portugal, is is sharing that experience with you and that's so wonderful and so tell me um you're also doing uh in addition to helping people move to Portugal you've got healing work that you're doing and is this something that people have to be in Portugal to do with you or is it a remote opportunity where they could access you online or how does that work
1: I do mostly work with people in person just because that's what I love most of all, but I do also work with people long distance. If I get clear that it'll, it will be of benefit for them and me, it has to be a benefit mm-hmm. to both uh, of us in that energetic exchange. Um, but I just, I really love working with people um, in person and um, I also, I, am, I don't have any organized yet, but I will be organizing retreats for mm. small groups of people, um, particularly small groups of women. Um, and I'm thinking eight to 10 women in a, there's so many extraordinary spots here mm. uh, where the energy is supreme. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, we can have really powerful uh, retreats here with breath work and energy work and mm. nature and all these different things. Um, so those will be coming too, but yeah, the majority of my work is done in person and some every now and then I do work with people um, anywhere in the world. And, you know, I'd like to have them on a Zoom so that we can look at each other to start and then it goes mm-hmm. um, into the energy work and they'll typically have their eyes closed and, and maybe laying down or something like that.
0: hmm that sounds amazing. Yeah. And retreats. Oh, I'm, you know, sign me up. But um, <laughs> I want to go. I want to go. I want to come see you and, and visit Portugal. I have another question for you uh, about learning a language as when you're older. Now you didn't speak Portuguese when you went over there. How has that been? And how, are you more fluent in it now? What, what have you experienced?
1: That has been a challenge. Now in my previous life, um, I used to pick up languages like nothing. Um, mm-hmm. I used to speak, um, French, German, Spanish, and just a little bit of Russian. It was easy. And then when I would travel, I could pick up quite a lot on the way there. Um, but since then I've had a couple brain injuries mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's the brain injuries or getting older, I, maybe it's a combination of both. Um, I have found it very difficult to learn Portuguese and Portuguese is a difficult language mm-hmm. to learn. It it's kind of shocking. It used to be that I could pick this stuff up, you know, like that. It was super easy, and now I will hear people say something in Portuguese, and I, I can't even. I don't even know how they make that sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And the thing is, here too, even though I live up north where there are far fewer people that speak English, I have never had a problem. Mm. Um, if you know, we get into a, you know, a bit of a bind and we, we can't figure it out. We just pull out our translator and, mm-hmm. and it, it's fine. Um, but it really has been fine. And I'm just being really gentle with myself and I'm letting it come when the time is right. And I will eventually speak Portuguese fluently, but it's going to be a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Immersion helps a lot too. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So, so if people decide to move there and they don't speak Portuguese, they'll manage. And now that we have our phones to translate for us, oh my gosh, what a godsend. We live in an era where, you know, you can type something in and at least get something close. So they'll have a general idea of what you need if it's, if it's urgent or if you can't communicate. Yeah.
1: And the Portuguese are so helpful that if you even just try and I mean like my Portuguese is horrendous (laughs) (laughs) if you just try they are so happy and they will bend over backwards to help you Mm -hmm. and like they're always trying to teach me too they're trying to help me with my pronunciation which is super super generous
0: yeah so yeah I wouldn't
1: let that hold anybody back
0: that's great so um so let's let's talk a little bit more about what are some of your favorite things in portugal
1: oh the beauty the beauty the simplicity i love that it feels like i've gone back in time things in the united states are just moving so darn fast all the time and they go faster and faster and faster and it gets crazier and crazier and crazier I like that things are slower here and that can be something that other people don't like. A lot of people like that speed in the United States. They like like the newest technology. It's just you know, They always have to be up on all the newest stuff. I don't really care. I, I have an old car here, which I love. And I love that when you go to cafes here, they're not like all like super posh and like totally ritzy, In the United States, you have a lot of like really, really nice cafes and things like that. Here, Mm -hmm. they are pretty basic, pretty simple. But what I see, what I love is I go into these little cafes and the way people connect, whether it's, you know, one person comes in and the way they connect with the person behind the counter or, Um, you'll see old couples come in. Sometimes you'll see like, um, there are a lot of people here that don't have a lot of money. So you'll see like four or five older people come in and they'll share one or two cups of coffee. And the coffee is everything is very, very inexpensive here. That's another thing that I love. Mm -hmm. Um, The cost of living here is very, very affordable, but you'll see a group of four or five, um, older people sitting around sharing a cup of coffee just to share time together. And they're laughing and they're relaxed. I love how the Portuguese people are so relaxed in their bodies. When I first came here, I was sitting at a cafe, sipping on my coffee. And I remember watching some of the Portuguese walking through the square and I immediately noticed how relaxed and in their bodies they were. And I went, oh my God, I'm going to be like that. Maybe in a year from now, maybe a little more, my body is going to start healing more and more and more from the trauma and the drama of the United States, um, the energy in the United States, there's just, there's a lot going on there. And Mm -hmm. it just, it was time for me to move on. So in, in roughly a year's time, I am much more in my body. I am much more grounded. The way I walk, the way I move is so different than I have ever been. And So I love that ease of being here. I love that things are slower. I love that the cost of living is much less. I have a far higher quality of living here than I ever had in the United States for a fraction of what it was in the United States. Um, The quality of food is phenomenal here in the United States. I spend a lot of money on high quality food. And here I spend a tiny fraction of that. And the quality of food is much, much better. My body is healing every single day. I get stronger. I get better. I'm happier. Uh, much, much more peaceful. Even though in the United States, I had a list of like 30 things, literally like 30 things I would have to do every day just to have a sense of some kind of peace, because just to counteract the uh, all the things coming at me. And here, I don't have to do any of it.
0: Wow. wow. I mean, that sounds just stressful, having 30 things to do to de- de-stress. That's stressful in and of itself, right there, 30 things. I mean,
1: the things that were coming at me all mm-hmm. the time, just mm-hmm. to counteract that. Yeah, it was it was a lot. Being a single parent in the United States, as opposed, to, and my daughter is now older, but being a single parent over here is entirely different you know, I didn't really have any support whatsoever right. in the United States. And over here, people everywhere will do anything. Wow. So just having that, knowing that I am supported all around me, mm. that um, that alone is really tremendous. Um, but all these pieces, I have healthcare, phenomenal healthcare over here. I mean, health insurance. I mean, everybody here in Portugal has free health care, but on top of that, I have private health care. So private health care insurance for both my daughter and I, for the entire year is about $1,600 for the entire year. Wow. That includes everything. I've had all kinds of blood tests, MRIs, x-rays, all kinds of stuff. Because when I came over from the United States, I had all kinds of health problems. Well, now they're going away just living here in Portugal.
0: Yeah. And the cost of health insurance in the United States just keeps going up. And, and I think the care is getting harder and harder to find, you know, good care and it's taking longer to get it. And I, I'm a big fan. A lot of people say, Oh, socialized medicine's not the way to go, but I, I, I have to disagree having, you know, seen, I, I have friends in Canada too, that absolutely say it's, it's, it's great insurance and great healthcare. And so don't believe everything you read and everything you hear, I guess, listen to the people who are living it because absolutely they're the ones that know. Yeah.
1: The yeah. best healthcare I've ever had in my life. Wow. wow. Truly. I mean, it's, it's actually shocking to me. Um, when I first got here, I went, and I got physical therapy, I never got the physical therapy I need in the States. I've had severe back injuries, many neck injuries, brain injuries, all that stuff. I never got the care I need in the United States. Here, I they just offer it. Like, I don't even have to, I go in and I just you know tell them what I'm dealing with. And I, I honestly expect the same kind of treatment that I had in the United States. And they're like, oh, well, let's do this and this and this. And I'm like, what? In shock. And, and it costs nothing. Or when I want specialty care, um, I might spend about 30 euros an hour and get unbelievable care. I mean, in the United States, that would easily cost me about $500 an hour. And wow. here it's, um, and, and then, you know, and then when those questions are answered by the doctor, they go, okay, what else? Do you have any other questions? And I, I'm like, what do you mean? Do I have other questions? No
0: doctor in the United States ever asking that. They're like,
1: are five minutes are yeah, up. get out.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, this is a different question. This is a different, this is a different subject. My time is up. Let me Yeah. 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 And they say, no, 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 you have as much time as you need until you
1: have your answers, your questions answered. And they say, oh, okay. It sounds like you need this. You need this. And and these are expensive tests, you know, a CAT scan and MRI, Mm -hmm. all these different kinds of blood tests. And they don't even blink it. They just, they just give them to you. Wow. And I was so shocked to finally, for the first time in my life, get the care that I needed. Wow! imagine oh. if we had that, how different our lives could be.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we could just slow down, I think Yeah. it's so beneficial to slow down and yeah, you can't, you can't hear yourself. You can't feel what you need to feel. If you're just constantly moving at a hundred miles an hour towards a direction that you're not even sure where, where that direction is, I think no. many times. So, yeah, well, no. and this, this has just been, It's lovely to have you in to chat and I I want I'm like ready to move to Portugal and um, ready to get quiet as well and and tune in and try to listen to my inner guides a little bit better. And I would love for you to share. How can people find you? Um, How can people find your your program about Portugal? And I know you're on YouTube. How do they find you?
1: So. I have a website, it's just called relaxinportugal.com, and the YouTube channel is the same, Relax in Portugal, and I'm just getting started with the YouTube channel, so there are only a handful of videos there, and I try to offer things that will be helpful for people. What were the questions that I had when I was going through that that, uh, process? and what are the questions that they might have. I tried to share as much information with people without overwhelming them and to make it fun and lighthearted too. So Relax in Portugal is the YouTube channel and relaxinportugal.com is the website.
0: Wonderful. And what about your healing? Um, where where can they find you in Portugal or how would they get a hold of you online? What's the best way?
1: It's the same. I put it all into the same website. Oh, great. So oh perfect. Most, yeah, yeah. Most of the website is the healing work and yoga nidra and the breath work and all that stuff. And then I just have one or two pages on there for the, um, relax in Portugal stuff. And they can contact me through that website very easily. I don't think I have my phone number on there or my WhatsApp, but they can contact me through email and then we can, you know, move it Hopefully. forward. From there. And it's, I think it's better to have conversations actually on WhatsApp.
0: Yeah, yeah, great. Yes, and that's the funny thing too. I mean, I work with a Brazilian company on my, my job during the day and they all use WhatsApp. And um in the US, it's not a really common thing to use WhatsApp, but it's actually a super cool tool. So um yeah, if, if you haven't downloaded WhatsApp to your phone, I would recommend giving it a shot, especially if you're going to go anywhere outside the US. So I don't know about Canada, but I know they use it in Mexico. I know of I a friend in Italy, they use it all the time. Um, Brazilians are using it, Portuguese are using it. So um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great way to communicate. Yeah,
1: most of Europe uses WhatsApp. A lot of businesses also use WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. I actually we don't use um just uh what do you call it we don't text anybody mm-hmm. we don't text at all it's all on whatsapp over mm-hmm. here when mm-hmm. it's, it's, so it's wonderful you can connect with anybody pretty much anywhere in the world on whatsapp
0: There you go. <laughs> all right so do you have any parting words of wisdom that you would like to share with the audience before we go today well, I'm just so thankful
1: to you. This is so, so much fun talking with you and sharing. And I love this opportunity to share what I love with the many people out there. And if anybody has any questions, please just reach out. I'm always happy to share what I know and to help other people blossom.
0: Well, and Dora, thank you. You are just a wealth of wisdom and information. And I know what you shared today is going to help people. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ciao for now. Ciao. And Dora had some amazing wisdom to share, and I am so grateful to her for being on the program. What was your biggest takeaway? Please make a comment below and let me know. And also, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit all the buttons so that you'll get Reinvention Ready's next video right to your YouTube channel or wherever you subscribe. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Janie Genosis, and I appreciate your participation in the Reinvention Ready show.